0: If you dare, this is Pro Football Blitz with former Super Contest winners Brady Cannon and James Salinas on VSAN, the sports betting network.
2: Winners and Winers wants to give all VSIN listeners their expert picks on the big game. They're giving the side and the total as well as top 10 prop bets for free. No strings, no obligation. Just their Super Bowl bets on the house. Even if you already have a bet in mind and you just want a second opinion, look at their big game analysis and predictions. Just text VSIN to area code 571WINNERS-1. That's VSIN, V-S-I-N, to area code 571WINNERS-1. number Brady Cannon and James Salinas with you back inside the Pro Football Blitz, taking a look at the big game just hours now away from kickoff. Finally, we have made it here, Mr. Salinas, and I want to take a minute to look at the Bengals both offensively and defensively because it seems like they may be the bigger mystery here in this game, the Cincinnati Bengals on both sides of the ball they have been outgained in all three playoff games, yet they are, of course, 3-0 and straight up. And you and I have both talking about how this offense must change things up to mitigate that pass rush of the Los Angeles Rams. Now, Joe Mixon has been targeted out of the backfield on average six times in recent weeks. So I believe that trend really has to continue if you're the Cincinnati Bengals and designing a game plan for this offense. Now, what Cincinnati has to avoid on offense, James, is I think what we have seen them do in the playoffs and throughout the regular season Just kind of that meaningless one or two yard gain, uh, a running play on first down and eventually setting up Joe Burrow in third and eight and third and nine all day long. That can't happen.
3: And that's where I think we're going to have to see some more creativity or maybe it's not even so much creativity, Brady. It's just if you look back at the AFC championship game in Kansas City. Seven, oh, nearly 70% of their first down plays were running plays. And they've started to become predictable. You just see line lineup, all right, they're going to pound it with Joe Mixon again for three yards, pound it for two yards, and all of a sudden now, you take any kind of loss. Now you're behind the sticks on third down in an obvious passing situation. So do we see, and I suspect we'll see, Brady, obviously going to help out the, the offensive line in that pass rush from the L.A. Rams. So some play action on first down and maybe keeping a bigger set on first down, not as many wide receivers, not as spread out as much, but having a little play action in what might be perceived as a running down. And then to your point too, with Joe Mixon, as well as P Ryan, Thinking about third down, and when it's third in a passing situation, maybe getting more in the screen game for those running backs coming out of the backfield. Again, trying to get the ball out quickly, but taking advantage of the pass rush that we're going to see out of the Rams. And thinking about the Rams' defense, uh, they were one of the they were a pretty blitz heavy defense on third down, nearly thirty percent of during this regular season, nearly 30% on third down that they send extra extra pass rushers after the quarterback. Then in the playoffs, they went over 50% on third down getting after the quarterback. So do we see that again? I'm not sure. I don't know if we see that from the Rams. They may just feel like, you know, what, we've got such an advantage with our four- and five-man fronts to be able to take advantage of that porous offensive line for the Cincinnati Bengals. We can get home with four. We can get home with five. That's where I think Cincinnati has got to really get to your point, Brady. Again, getting those running backs involved, both on first down in the passing game, play action pass, and then screen game, maybe on third down when there are obvious pass situations.
2: Well, it's interesting you bring up the Rams and they're blitzing more often, especially as of late. I I think if you look at uh, these two teams or rather the Cincinnati Bengals defensively, Uh, I would not expect them to blitz much at all. And it'll be interesting to see what the Rams do, because both of these quarterbacks, Joe Burrow and Matthew Stafford, are a couple of the best in the entire league going against the blitz. Uh, and, And then we talk about Lou Anarumo again, the defensive coordinator for the Cincinnati Bengals. And we mentioned this briefly with Randy McMichael earlier in the show. Uh, I kind of expect him to employ the same type of coverage that we saw against Patrick Mahomes in the AFC championship where he's rushing, uh, you know, one or two fewer guys and has one or two more guys in coverage.
3: And they mix it up a lot and they'll show a lot of different looks with that secondary, both in really the safeties with, Bates And with Bell now, Von Bell is more of a more of a box safety when they want to get and run run defensive sets. And he's got that physical prowess to be able to not they're both these safeties are hard hitters, Brady. And I think that's the piece with this defense that they're both very hard hitting in that secondary. Their corners tackle very well. Hilton's good tackling in space. Wuzier coming over this year as a free agent. He's tackled really well in space so far this season for the Cincinnati Bengals out on the edge but I think this defensive line is really underrated. All the talk's going to be about the Rams, but this defensive line, this is, a, this is a good defensive line for the Cincinnati Bengals, not just on the outside with Hendrickson. that's He's going he's to be the one coming over from New Orleans because of the 16-and-a-half sacks and how dominant he's been getting after the passer uh, out on the edge, but also Hill and Reeder on the interior, they've been very effective too, not only being able to apply pressure, but against the running game as well, uh, because we are, I think we're going to see a lot of light box for cincinnati Cincinnati is gonna say you know what los angeles if you want to run the football go ahead uh and then you're gonna feel us with our safeties once we drop down and be able to come up and put a lick on some of your running backs there based on on we'll see who who's going to get the bulk of the carries for the la rushing the football but i think for, as far as coverage is concerned we talked about that earlier brady with matthew stafford 18 interceptions this season 17 of those coming on just three and four man pass rushes. So it's not the blitz that's getting to him and he's for, he's forcing the ball somewhere. He's been, he's been one of the top quarterbacks against the blitz. It's been more so having to read coverages and I think Cincinnati's been very, uh, they've done a very good job as the season's progressed to be able to disguise coverages and roll those safeties around and uh, I think that's going to be the key for this secondary is again those safeties with Bates and Bell being able to disguise those coverages and then spin back out of whether they're going to cover three or they look like they're in a cover one or maybe bell drops into a lot of robber sets we're going to see that probably both out of bates and bell uh, to try to again to disguise coverage And i think that's been the achilles heel for matthew stafford this year 17 interceptions out of his 18 total when it comes to just three and four man pass rushes to me that spells the fact that teams are doing a good job of disguising coverages late at the snap
2: and I agree with you, James. I think the Bengals' defense is being a little bit overlooked here, at least by the media and all the buzz that you hear you know, coming into this game. I, I think maybe they're a little bit underrated. And you talk about Lou Anarumo. I mentioned this again in our conversation with Randy McMichael. He's been a defensive backs coach basically his entire career at the college and pro level. And after that adjustment that we saw against Patrick Mahomes and the Kansas City Chiefs, I'm starting to believe this guy has a real knack for this type of thing. You talk about the coverage disguise. Um, I, I, You know, I don't know about this guy's history. I'd have to go back and look at his success rate in prior jobs. But you know, it's kind of like Zach Taylor. We didn't think much of him his first couple years, but here he is in the Super Bowl. And maybe Maybe it's the time where Lou Rumo is peaking in his defensive coaching career as well. Uh, and the Cincinnati style of defense, you talked about it. it. It is really the kryptonite. It's the anti-Matthew Stafford. He's had his least amount of success against this style of defense. And, you know, I kind of have a feeling here, James, and, and again, you talked about Matthew Stafford and his interceptions this year. I kind of just have a hunch that Cincinnati wins the turnover battle in this game. And, and I think it maybe would be like two to one like Stafford, I I think both quarterbacks are probably going to throw an interception. Uh, definitely Stafford and I think Joe Burrow with that pass rush, he could definitely throw one that gets tipped at the line of scrimmage and falls into the wrong set of hands type of thing. But I kind of feel like the Rams are going to turn it over more than just one Matthew Stafford interception, whether it's a second interception or a fumble. I think Cincinnati may come out of this with a edge in the turnover battle two to one. And that's the big. Big reason why Cincinnati is playing in the Super
3: Bowl, Brady. They have seven turnovers in the three playoff games. Six of those were interceptions, and again, a lot of really uh, great job of disguising coverages late in the in the place in the play clock. And yeah, I mean, they're going to need to. I think they're for for Cincinnati defensively. You know the, the We can talk all the X's and O's in the matchups and play a lot of coverage and that's where I think the loss of Higby for the LA Rams in the middle of the field, in between the hash marks, in between those numbers that's really where you get big plays against those zone types of zone coverages because those safeties are playing back and you have lighter boxes. Is throwing down not that Stafford's afraid to throw down the middle but you have a big target like that not in this game. I think that's a big loss for the Rams and we know with Cooper Cup they do a great job, does McVay, of moving him all around, a lot of different. He's going to be playing in the slot, a lot of stack formation So he's not going to be on the line of scrimmage. So it's not just a matter of Hilton, who's a, who's really come over from Pittsburgh and and been a good slot and nickel corner for Cincinnati to get up there and jam and be physical with Cup because they play Cup off the line in those bunches and stacks. So, uh, do you see some safety help on that side? Definitely suspect that we will. But I think the middle of the field is going to be key. Who's going to pick up the absence there with Higby being gone for the L.A. Rams and being able to continue or put them in shorter conditions where it's not third and eight? For the L.A. Rams and Matthew Stafford, but more third and three. Uh, I think to your point, too, we talked about this earlier, the running game and which team is going to be not so much effective. Neither team has really been super effective rushing the football. Definitely not during the playoffs. The Rams haven't been either. Uh, But which team is not going to bounce away and get away from the running game and feel like it's not going to be a part of this part of their game plan as the game progresses. I think the in-game adjustments, that's going to be key. And, you know, we don't know uh, as far as Zach Taylor, this is his first year as a head Coaching the playoffs, but we've seen it from McVeigh. We've seen it a couple years with McVeigh, and we also saw it during a, these playoffs here, where some really questionable decisions when it comes to in-game management. I just I think about how he was throwing away throwing the red flag out there and the challenge flags on on plays that were easily from the first glance, just seeing that's not a challengeable play. It's a waste of a play as well as a timeout. Some question marks for me as far as McVeigh going into this game, feeling like there's a lot of pressure on him. You are the favorite. Are the LA Rams going to the Super Bowl because of all the moves you made offseason and in season? Definitely more pressure on the Rams from that perspective.
2: Yeah, the Rams were dominating the San Francisco 49ers, and McVeigh tried to keep San Francisco in that game <laughs> with some of his challenges and whatnot. We mentioned the Bengals have been out yarded in each of their three playoff victories in getting here. Super Bowl teams that outgain their opponent are 41 and 14 straight up. In the big game. We'll come back and talk to a big time Hall of Fame offensive lineman. Willie Rofe joins the program next.
1: This is the Pro Football Blitz with Brady
0: Cannon and James Salinas on v the Sports Betting Network.
2: One expert pick worth two times the points. Join the action on the biggest Sunday of the football season with the L'Oreal Men Expert Pick. Play for free at your shot for a share of 10,000 total cash prizes. Head to DraftKings.com slash expert. That's men expert now and draft your lineup before game time. L'Oreal, because we're worth it. Terms and conditions and other eligibility restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com for details. Brady Cannon and James Salinas with you inside the Pro Football Blitz, and it's time to be joined by Willie Roof, one of the greatest to ever do it, a Hall of Fame offensive lineman with both the Kansas City Chiefs and the New Orleans Saints, an 11-time Pro Bowler. Willie, thank you so much for joining us once again. A uh, repeat guest here on the Pro Football Blitz, and now we've come to the... The championship, the big one of them all, of course, Super Bowl 56. And we've all had a couple of weeks to mull over this and form opinions. Willie, one of the biggest stories kind of hits home with you on that offensive line for the Cincinnati Bengals. And as a former standout at that position, can the Cincinnati Bengals correct, you know, what they need? Can they adjust can they shore up some of these holes? And we know that this has been a weakness for this team, giving up a lot of sacks in the regular season. And, of course, they're going up against that Rams pass rush that is so fierce. What What is your opinion on that matchup between the offensive line and Cincinnati against that Rams pass rush?
1: Well, they did a good. They did a better job against the Chiefs. So I'll tell you that. They came out in the second half and did a good job. But, uh I don't think Chris Jones had a shot. He didn't have a big impact, Frank Clark. I don't think he had a big impact. It's gonna come. It's gonna come to down to can as the game develops early, and they see is Vaughn giving them problem, or or is or is Aaron Donald? Who, who pick your poison? So I think they'll go in the game and try to really focus on Aaron Donald and free up and let leave Vaughn one on one. Cause I, I that's what I would do. I would try to I would double Aaron Donald as much as I could inside and hope that the um, tackle can hold up uh, out there against Von Miller. And if he can't, then either you're going to have to have a tight end in or you're going to have to chip a lot on the way out.
3: Willie, from a game plan perspective for Cincinnati, we know schematically up front there's some things you can do for the offensive line that you mentioned, especially trying to double Donald and not let him tear up that interior of the offensive line for Cincinnati, but what about from a play calling perspective for the Bengals? Last week in the AFC or two weeks ago in the AFC championship game at Kansas City, the Cincinnati Bengals on first down ran the ball nearly 70% of the time, pretty predictable here. What do you think adjustments can be made? Should they be looking more play action potentially on first down? Maybe get the running backs involved more in a screen game to try to slow up and take advantage of some of those edge rushers like Von Miller as well as Floyd on the other side. What do you see schematically from a play calling perspective for the Bengals that can help out the offensive line?
1: Well, they had, they had, they had the big screen play against the Chiefs. I mean, that took them out when they when they went to the other back and they had that big screen play for the touchdown. I mean, that hurt him. That hurt the Chiefs big time. And, uh, you know, but, but the bottom line, the run, the running game is going to set up. everything. So whatever they can do on the run, is going, is going to set up the play action and everything else they want to do. So then you can start mixing and matching and doing stuff on first down. So it's going to come down to, it's going to be some swings and some minimum momentum in the game. But, uh, you know, I, I think, I think, uh, I, you know, that coach, I like the coaching staff. I think they did a good job. I mean, they came out and played bad and, uh, the Chiefs got on them early, and they switched everything up at, at halftime and made some greater adjustments against the Chiefs. And uh, you know, and they and they came out winning the game. And uh, you know, everybody, you know, Kansas City should have kicked that field goal, but uh, they do make adjustments well. And and, I, and my kudos off to that coaching staff. So it's going to be a very good game. And uh, is it is it the coach? Is this coach a Sean McVay, Paulie that He's going against.
2: Yes, yes, Zach Taylor uh, used to be a wide receivers coach and a quarterbacks coach for a couple seasons with the Los Angeles Rams, so they are certainly familiar with yeah. With one another, Willie, of course, we know uh, the uh, offensive linemen, they love to run block. And I think that's interesting for both of these teams because neither of these teams are great in rushing the football. They are both pretty darn good in stopping the run on defense. Who, in your mind, ought to have better success rushing the football on offense in this game?
1: That's a good question. I, I like the running backs better for the Cincinnati. But but, but, uh, but, the L.A. Rams offensive the line is really one of the best in the league, especially with the veterans. You got some veterans on there, especially with Whitworth, you know, still playing at a high level at almost 40 years old and a LSU product. Uh, so, you know, on paper, it's the Rams, Rams, Rams. But we got to go out here and play the football game. And one thing we know about Cincinnati, they do not quit. They will fight to the end. Even with the game when they when they had nine sacks, that Burrow got up and kept slinging it and slinging it, and they found a way to get it done. They went in the Arrowhead and found a way to get it done. So I'm not gonna I'm not gonna say they're gonna just roll over because they got a lot of confidence and they got some weapons. Is the tight end gonna be able to help them? That's gonna be the key. If that tight end, I call him a poor man's Kelsey, can can go down the scene and get some balls and open it up a little bit, that will help a lot. But that, can, that young man can play, and I'm glad I'm glad it, it wasn't more serious than what it was against Kansas City, and we'll see. But I think it's going to be a chess match, and either it's going to be a close game or the Rams are winning by maybe a couple of touchdowns. If, if the Rams can jump on them and get things going, we'll see if they can do that. But if not, I think it's going to be a close game, and that's the last thing you want to have against uh, the Cincinnati Bengals.
3: Willie, you mentioned the tight end for Cincinnati. C.J. Ozma most likely going to be out there on the field. But for the Rams, there will not be Tyler Higbee at the tight end position. He is ruled out for the Super Bowl what does that impact? How does that impact not only the Rams in the passing game, not having your veteran tight end out there, but also within the run game where we're talking about the run game for both of these teams being key to establish any kind of play-action pass? How much does Higby not being there for the Rams impact that rushing game for Los Angeles?
1: Because he can block. So anytime you lose a guy that can block and it, again, open the field up. They both like to use those tight ends on in the game, and eventually they want to go over the top, and they got Cup, and they got Odell Beckham, who's having the resurgence, but they do want to use them. It. So it's gonna be, like I said, it's gonna be a good game. But but if you go to the guys up front on both sides of the ball, I give the advantage to uh, to to uh, to to the Rams. And you got you got Jalen Ramsey, who's one of the best shutdown couple corners in the league. So it's on paper. The Rams should have the advantage in this game, but the game, the football game, has to be played. And Cincinnati, on paper, you would have thought the Chiefs would have handled them pretty easily. But like I said, they are so they have a lot of grit, and I think that starts with the coach. And uh, I think it's going to be an interesting game to watch how it plays out. Last when the Kansas City didn't have that good line and they went against the Tampa Bay, I said that could be it could get lopsided and. Um, I think I think you're dealing with a different team with Cincinnati. I I, I just think they're more balanced, and uh, they, you know they know how to, they know how to make adjustments, and 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 it's, I think it's gonna be a competitive football game. But I do think the Rams pull away at some point during the game. Willie,
2: uh, we had a, a former NFL All-Pro on the program earlier, Randy McMichael, a tight end, and I asked him from a player perspective if he was able to kind of garner any idea about which team's chemistry or which team's attitude or, or the locker room factor, if you will, if he saw an advantage for either the Rams or the Bengals, do you see one in your eyes as a former player, a team that is really gelling and peaking at the right time, either L.A. or Cincy? <laughs>
1: No, I just see I see an advantage in experience. Cincinnati's very young across the board, and the Rams are a veteran team. You got Odell, you got Wentworth, you got Stafford, who's been around the league a long time. You got Von Miller, who's been, been an MVP of a Super Bowl, who's been who's, been, who's wrecked havoc in this league a long time. You got Aaron Donald, so uh, you got Ramsey. So I, the experience and the guys that have been playing football longer that have the that have the chemistry i give it to the Rams, but you got those young guys that are hungry and Joe Burrow has no, no quitting him. So there's those young guys. It's like a young boxer coming out, you know, going against, you know, Ali, Sonny, listen, can the young dog come out and, and take it to the old old vet? Is the old vet's supposed to get it done, you know, and, and that's, you got to play the game, but they're not too old, but they, they're veteran season football players. And that's why I say I like the Rams in the game because of the veteran leadership and those guys that have been in the league a long time that should be able to take over a football game at some point against this team. But you got to play the football game.
2: Yeah, the Cincinnati Bengals, the youth and innocence, uh, they, they don't know anything different uh, in this situation and where they've yeah. been <laughs> this entire season.
1: They, 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 they don't understand what they're doing. You know, they, they made it to the Super Bowl. It's Burrow's second year. He had an ACL. He won a national championship in 19 with Chase. He had an ACL injury in his second year. He's playing in a Super Bowl. So, I mean, it's it's unbelievable. And then AFC is going to be stuck for a long time with these quarterbacks. So, it's going to be fun to watch the AFC.
2: Willie, great stuff, man. Great to catch up with you once again. And you're right. I'm excited about the future for Joe Burrow. He is certainly fun to watch. Have a great Super Bowl, my friend. Thank you. Thank you, y'all. Stay safe. All right, that is Willie Rofe. We'll be right back with more in just a moment, right here at VSIN, the Sports Betting Network.
0: This is the Pro Football Blitz with Brady Cannon and James Salinas on VEASAN, the Sports Betting Network
2: up tomorrow, Billy Walters, the Michael Jordan of sports betting. He sits down with VEASAN for only his second interview ever. His first was with 60 Minutes, and now he joins legendary broad, uh, broadcaster Brent Musburger for an in-depth conversation discussing the current state of sports betting, advice to gamblers based on his life as a sports bettor, as well as upcoming memoirs. The exclusive interview is available only on VEASAN, the sports betting network, and then watch the complete interview tomorrow at noon Eastern, only at vcin.com. Look forward to that. I was lucky enough to work for Mr. Walters in the golf business, another industry he has been er uh, very influential as well. Okay, James, it is time to play America's Favorite Game Show one last time here on the Pro Football Blitz. Consider it, book it, or drop it. Hey, James, you know how it works here. I am going to read a player's stat sheet. You are going to try and guess who the mystery player is, and then we will discuss if we want to consider making a bet on it, dropping a bet entirely on it, or booking a bet on this particular player. And for this week's contest or this week's game, we are going to play a player to score two or or more touchdowns in the Super Bowl. So I'll go over player number one here. Will they score two or more touchdowns in the Super Bowl, this player has a total of 23 receptions on 34 targets, 264 total yards, averaging 11 and half yards per catch and 66 yards per game. He also has caught one touchdown so far. Being acquired November 11th on a team that went all in to win this year, he can have a monster game by being the second deadliest receiver on this particular team's offense. His odds to score two or more touchdowns in the Super Bowl currently at plus 750 odell beckham jr odell beckham jr indeed and i'll tell you i'm looking over our list here i kind of don't mind that bet james that's a pretty nice price well, and now that you don't have Tyler Higby on the
3: field, how much attention is now going to be able to roll over towards Cooper Cup? Because we know Cooper Cup's going to play a lot inside the numbers. And and so what does that mean for Beckham? Does Beckham get a lot of opportunities on the outside for some bigger plays? And, and I think that's just it. I don't know if Beckham's going to be the red zone target because I think both Stafford and Cup. I mean, regardless of whether you're a red zone or wherever, Cup's been sensational this season, but maybe some bigger plays over the top. If there's some opportunities where maybe if he's in a in a set where he's on the boundary side by himself and potentially have one-on-one coverage outside, that Stafford reads that and is able to find him in single coverage over the top for a big play, maybe I'd consider that's a pretty juicy price sitting there at plus, what'd you say, plus
2: 750 Yeah, 750 and... You know, it it seems like Beckham, I, I think he's been getting better, it seems like, as this relationship has gone on further with the Rams, and the relationship, uh, we talk about chemistry a lot on the show today, with Matthew Stafford has really seemed to develop, and it's almost like a little bit he's kind of taken on that possession receiver role, but... You know how it is in the Super Bowl. Expect the unexpected. And so at plus 750, I I don't think that's a bad bet to consider on Odell Beckham Jr. to have at least two touchdowns. Uh, Player number two here, my friend, this player has a total of 20 receptions on 27 targets in the playoffs, 279 total yards, averaging 14 yards per catch and 93 per game. Also, like OBJ, he has one touchdown so far in the postseason. Winning Rookie of the Year, this player's QB is his favorite target. He's proven to be a nightmare to defend for likely years to come. His odds to score two or more touchdowns in the Super Bowl, 5-1, to one, James. the The connection with Burrow and Chase, his college teammate, has
3: got to be Jamar Chase, obviously.
2: Yeah, and what a connection that has been all season. I mean, I think Aaron Rodgers to Devontae Adams has probably been the absolute most reliable hookup uh, battery, if you will, in the NFL. But, boy, Burrow and Chase have maybe been the most exciting. They put some big plays together and and not only for Chase
3: big plays over the top with air yards in a sense with Burrow we know he's got the arm strength to and the accuracy to make big plays down the field but even Chase and I think that's probably what we're going to see on on Super Bowl Sunday is Chase there's there's going to be safety help obviously from the LA Rams they have to they're they're going to have to try to find ways to to take Chase out of this game but I think for Cincinnati, the counter is going to be the short passing game, bubble screens, just quick outs for Chase. Because what we've seen is not only does Chase have the ability to make big plays down the field, he also has the ability just to take a quick pass and also house it with the breakaway speed, quick decision of where he's going to move. You know, the, he's pretty elusive as far as being able to shed tacklers. And his, I think, his explosiveness—that's a sit. His from start to stop. I don't know how you measure that, but man, we've seen it. Big plays off of short passes. I think we got. Chase is such a talent and with Burrow being there as uh, the the adjustments that I think we'll see from Cincinnati potential to make some
2: big plays on quick throws to Chase I'd definitely consider it Yeah, I think I'm with you. I I think five to one is a pretty good price. Uh, And, and, you know, a lot of times in a Super Bowl, if I'm trying to pick, you know, player to score first touchdown or these type of things, I want to go to someone that's maybe a little bit more under the radar. You figure Jamar Chase is going to draw quite a bit of attention. But you said it, James. He has such an ability to turn on a dime from anywhere on the field at five to one to score a couple of times. Maybe it's not so bad. Uh, All right, player number three here. This player has a total of 190 rushing yards on 57 attempts, averaging 3.7 yards per carry and over 63 yards per game in the postseason. He also has one rushing touchdown. Really a dual threat with 13 receptions on 15 targets for a total of 106 receiving yards, averaging 8.2 yards per catch and over 35 yards receiving Per game, his odds to score two or more touchdowns in the Super Bowl, plus 450. 190 yards, it's got to be Joe, Joe Mixon. Joe Mixon, indeed, yes. And, uh, you know, he like uh, the resume reads here, he's both a threat to get it done on the ground and through the air. Yeah, and I think if we're talking about two touchdowns, it doesn't
3: matter which way he scores, we're correct? It's right. gotta be yeah. He can brush yeah. it in and or or catch the ball out of the back. I guess the the concern for me is on third down when it's going to be obviously passing situations for Cincinnati. Is Mixon going to be on the field? Most likely not. P. Ryan usually takes that spot, and we saw that in the AFC Championship game, had a big 40-plus yard quick out screen game, kind of bubble screen on third down, where P. Ryan makes a big play in the passing game. I think for Tibbs, Mixon's definitely going to play a big role for Cincinnati offensively in this matchup for Los Angeles. I think more so to try to slow down the run ge- or the the pass rush from the Rams. Not only in the running game, but also just getting some outs and and being able to take advantage of some of those edge rushers and and quick outs with Mixon in the passing game. But I think two touchdowns in this game is probably too 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 many. I, I don't know if he gets in once, let alone twice. So I think this one I'll drop.
2: Yeah, I'm with you there, James. And, you know, the price is very similar to Jamar Chase, the last player we discussed. But I think the explosiveness of Jamar Chase is different from Joe Mixon. And that's why I would probably consider Jamar Chase at 5-1 to one, more so than I would Mixon at plus 450. Alright, one more player to go here. This is the shortest shot of the bunch. This player in the postseason, 37 receptions, 54 targets, 533 total yards. Unbelievable. Averaging 14.4 yards per catch with over 106 yards per game. Also has a team leading five touchdowns. He is one offensive player of the year. It's his uh, Quarterback's favorite target, and he to score two touchdowns or more in the Super Bowl, his odds at plus two fifty. Cooper Cup. Cooper Cup indeed. And uh my opinion, James, you know, I talked about trying to find diamonds in the rough and maybe players that are a little bit more under the radar. Like Jamar Chase, obviously Cooper Cup is going to get a huge amount of Cincinnati's defensive attention. Uh that combined with the short price, I, I'm not really in love with it. No, if he gets two touchdowns, I'd be
3: looking to play Cooper Cup at the MVP level for there plus 600, so get six to one. He gets two touchdowns. Every team's been trying to figure out how do we stop Cooper Cup. It's such a challenge. He's so good, and McVay's so good about being able to move him around and bunch him up and get him off the line of scrimmage and he's terrific when it comes to the, the option and the choice routes that he has and and then his explosiveness after the catch too. Yeah, I, I, I could potentially see Cup getting those two touchdowns but if he does, I think it's going to Put him more in line for the MVP. Brady at six to one—that's a better bet.
2: I, I think that's a great call. And you know, James, I find myself um, in this world, and uh, this hobby, and this professionalism that we do here. Uh, I find myself my my a weakness of mine is not being able to sniff out something like that. And you just brought it up. I'm looking here at what's immediately in front of me. And I'm not thinking, oh, you know what? Because you're exactly right. If he scores two or more touchdowns, absolutely. You'd like to have four times the price on this because absolutely he's going to be in line to get the MVP award. Yeah, I think so. So I think that's looking at all, the, and there's so many options, uh, the menu that we
3: have to bet for the Super Bowl. But again, I try to take the word value out of t- discussing anytime we're talking about that. But if we're talking value, definitely a lot more value at six to one plus than the two fifty with Cup because I think that's uh, I could definitely see it happening with Cup if the Rams win. He's a big factor in probably the MVP potentially.
2: Well, and you said it with the menu so vast these days in the world of sports betting, you really got to shop around. And you got me on one right there that I didn't think. Of. We'll be back with more in just a moment.
1: This is the Pro Football Blitz with Brady Cannon and James
0: Salinas on v the Sports Betting Network.
2: Super stacks for Super Bowl 56 compete for the $1 million top prize with the Pizza Hut Fantasy Football Millionaire. Head to DraftKings.com slash Pizza Hut Millionaire to draft your best lineup and play for your slice of the pie. No one out pizzas the hut. Terms and conditions and other eligibility restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com. For details. Welcome back to the Pro Football Blitz. That sounds like a good contest, right there, Mr. Salinas. Uh, Brady Cannon and James Salinas with you, and it's time now to go over our best bets for the big game. And James, I'll start with uh, one bet that I had played last week as a part of the program. And that was the two-team six-point teaser. The Bengals teased up to plus 10.5, and then the total teased down to over 42.5. I did add one bet on the Bengals' money line since then, and just for a very small portion on the money line. And basically my thinking there was, throughout the regular season, if we're going to take the 3.5 or the 7.5 or whatever it is with an underdog, it's probably good advice to always sprinkle a little small percentage on the money line as well because, again, we've talked about it many times, teams that win the game tend to cover the spread more often than not. So so that was just kind of a... Uh, A standard addition there for me to throw a little bit on the Bengals on the money line as well. Uh, You have since added some prop bets since last week's program. Uh, One that I would like you to uh, explain to me is Matthew Stafford going under 285 and a half passing yards. Not that I don't disagree or agree. I just want to know what your analysis is there. Brady, it's kind of
3: correlated, so not only did I do Stafford under 285.5 passing, but also the Rams' team total rushing under 110.5, and figured, look, okay, it's could both of those plays go over? Yes. Could I lose both of those bets? Sure. But thinking about how the Rams performed all season long through both the postseason and the regular season, 20, 20 games for the Rams this year. They've only eclipsed 285 passing and 110 yards rushing three times this season. The first time was back in week five against the Seattle Seahawks. That was the game where Russell Wilson hit his hand and broke his finger, tore up his, it was his passing, It was his middle finger, I believe, on Aaron Donald's helmet, lost that game, and, and that's where the Rams kind of took over in the second half we were able to kind of grind out some of that clock. But that game, the other two times that they've surpassed both of those totals, Against the the juggernauts of the NFL, Brady, it was the Texans, the Houston Texans and the Jacksonville Jaguars. Those are the only three times that it's happened where they've eclipsed both of those numbers with staffers passing yards and collective team total rushing the yards. I think here in this game, obviously, it's the Super Bowl. Which way are you going to go with this? If they get there and both of those go over, then obviously the Rams, it's a one-way street here. Maybe they have a big lead slinging the football around and they're able to, to pound the football in the second half and grind the clock down and both of those total go over but I'm taking my chances here i thinking it's not so much that it's a hedge bet but I just can't see both of those happening in this game, considering it's only happened three times out of 20 for the Los Angeles Rams, and then you think about the Bengals' defense. We've talked about them a lot so far in the in the program. That's really been the unsung part of this team. All the notoriety and rightfully so goes to the quarterback position and Joe Burrow and what he's accomplished in such a short time in his tenure as an NFL quarterback, but that defense for the Cincinnati Bengals, they've given up just 285 yards passing and 110 yards rushing in one game, Brady, out of 20. One game. That was back in week five as well against the NFL MVP Aaron Rodgers and the Green Bay Packers in that overtime game. with really great competitive game in Cincinnati that they ended up losing. They've only allowed that, like I said, just one time. So I'm going to take my chances here. If I win one, I lose one. All right, I kiss the juice away. That's just the loss there. But could I win both of these? If we get more of a defensive battle, that's kind of correlated. With not so much a battle defensively. The total sitting at 48.5 or 49 says there's going to be some points on the board. i do Just don't see the Rams being able to have enough plays to be on the field for enough plays to be able to surpass both of those numbers.
2: I think that's terrific James. Excellent explanation and and you just look at the percentage of the number of times this season that they've surpassed either one of those numbers. Makes a lot of sense indeed. Uh, I know you were kind of leaning towards going under the total in this game. Certainly if it gets back up to 49.5 maybe even to 50 that you might fire on it. Um, One prop that I uh, played was no score in the first seven and a half minutes of the game at plus 155. Now, there are a few different options, and you could go no score for the first like five and a half minutes, and it was actually minus 150. So I'm going to take my chances that just a couple more minutes can tick off that clock and get plus 155. There, there was one in the middle as well, uh, no score for the first six and a half minutes. I, I want to say it was about even money. I can't recall the exact price, but I didn't really want to lay the wood at minus 150 for five minutes when I can get a nice plus price at seven minutes. No, I agree. I think taking that plus number there at
3: 155, it's. I think for that to hit, we're going to need both teams to get their opening possession, maybe get a first down or two, and then punt the football. So you'll need three. I, I'm thinking we probably need three possessions. I, I agree with you. I haven't bet that because, but that's the way I'm correlating some of my bets is place bet on the under because since the number hasn't gotten to where I, where I want it to be able to fire strictly just on the total. But I agree, plus price there, and and we know jitters coming out and. And early, both coaches, young coaches, too. Not only we talk about all the jitters for the players – you know there's going to be jitters for these coaches too, and yeah, McVay's been there before as a head coach. Well, Zach Taylor was there as an assistant coach with the Rams back when when McVay went to the Super Bowl. And uh, but I think they're both so young. Do you want to? Yes, yeah, you want to get ahead and you want to you want to get off to a good start. But do you want to put yourself behind as well? I'm just curious what will the play calling be? I think both teams are going to be trying to feel each other out. Short passing games, run the football. Short passing games, complete the ball. Both quarterbacks are very accurate. We know that brady anytime we catch the football the only time the clock stops in the nfl in these games is when it's on an incomplete pass so i think we're seeing a lot of short passes completed passes rushing the football clock spins i like it
2: Well, and also the Bengals run one of the slowest-paced offenses in the NFL. You know, they're usually taking that play clock all the way down. You've seen it here in the playoffs. They've gone on a lot of long drives that take some time off that clock. The Rams, if you remember in the NFC Championship, I believe it was uh, the first or second possession in that game where they drove it down the field, and Stafford threw an interception in the end zone. That had to take a lot of time off the clock as well. So I think it's a very possible scenario. And again, I opted for the plus price there at seven and a half minutes. Uh, James, certainly one I like that uh, you were on here, and I'll probably play this uh, before kickoff, and that is Evan McPherson over one and a half field goals made. And I think a lot of this has to do with we talked about the Cincinnati Bengals being outgained in all three of their playoff wins. I think an out first downed as well. They're, they're not as they're not accumulating as many first downs as their opponent. Oftentimes, I think a lot of that is because Evan McPherson and they're lining this guy up for a 49, 52 yarder, whatever it is. It takes that many that much less first downs off the table, that many yards gained off the table. But it puts three points on the board. This guy is an absolute weapon. And while it might look like they're not gaining a lot of yards are making a lot of first downs, they're making field goals. And the
3: confidence—not only that the coaching staff has in him, but the player himself. I mean, that looks like we're going to the AFC Championship game yeah, line up there. That. Bam, fifty-two yards takes down Tennessee, the number one seed in the AFC. Absolutely, I love playing. I, I love looking at folks. We talk about not—he said it verbally, but just body language too. We we can talk about Burrow and the confidence that he has, but also McPherson here, the confidence that he has to kick the ball. We know it's going to be perfect conditions. You're in. You, you're, it's a covered stadium. You're playing on turf, so you're going to have good you're going to have good footing there to kick the football and it was so i'll preface this i went up to i went up the hill you go up to blackhawk here in colorado it's going up the hill and i went to the Superbook to go make that play when i got it it was at 120 that's why i went up and fired on that minus the 120 over over one and a half field goals made by mcpherson that number is since long gone now brady from friday to now saturday evening it is minus 160 i can't recommend it now at 160 at that price
2: okay very good you know and Obviously, 160 is expensive. I still think the guy's going to get two field goals. You went one step further and did total field goals made by both teams at over three and a half. And nice plus money on that one at plus 140.
3: Yep. Yeah, it was 140. Now that's down to plus 130. But yeah, that's still McPherson pretty gets... Yeah, I did. And, and thinking both of these teams, neither team is that stellar in the red zone when they get down there because neither team can rush the football consistently. And I think that's going to be the struggle here again. These teams will probably move the ball within the 20s. But what happens when we get bogged down in the red zone and you don't have really a, a strong running game because of the Cincinnati Bengals offensive line? And then just the the inconsistency that we've seen from the Rams at the running back position and throughout the playoffs here. Uh, that's where I like that. At the plus price at plus 140 to get four field goals, Gay's going to be accurate inside 40 yards as well i like that one that's why i fired
2: all right mr salinas that is going to do it for us do you got a final score prediction for me
3: well i i'm looking at cincinnati to win this game because i also took a taste of joe burrow to win mvp plus 250 so let's say it goes under the total and it's 24 23
2: in favor of the Cincinnati Bengals. I will take that. My guess was 2623 in favor of the Cincinnati Bengals. Thank you to our crew. Thank you to our great guest, Derek Stevens, and props to Tom Catlin for a fantastic job on that Circus Survivor documentary. Go check that out at vsin.com. Thanks to our producer Dan Miller. Happy Super Bowl weekend, everybody, from Vsin the Sports Betting Network.